Welcome back to What Leaders Want. I'm your host, Jay Delling, and it's here where we peel back the proverbial onion on how leadership makes the world go around. And I'm really excited about today. Our focus is going to be on the PEO space, the professional employer organizations. And our guest today is Jay King. He's the CEO of Simploy. It's an HR outsourcing organization located in St. Louis. Jay, thanks for stopping by to talk about the impact leadership has on your business and the PEO industry and to talk about leadership in general. So welcome. Sure. Glad to help. All right, Jay. So you have a really unique story on how you made your entrance into the PEO space. Talk about how that came about for you. Man, I don't know how far, how far back to go, Jay, but um, originally I was an architect. Um, and I uh, had a degree in architecture. I practiced architecture for several years. I grew up in Tennessee, went to University of Tennessee, got my architect's degree, moved to St. Louis for three years. That's how long it took to get registered. And then I was gonna go back to Waverly where I grew up and do something with my brothers. But uh, I married a St. Louis girl and uh, that generally dooms you to a life in St. Louis when you marry a St. Louis girl. Uh, or blesses you with it. I feel blessed. Uh, I practiced architecture for a long time. Then I started my own business, not in architecture, but providing people, contract people to, to architects and engineers and contractors. And I, I, I hired a PEO to help me because I had employees in lots of states. Uh, there happened to be one in St. Louis. I interviewed a real big one. And then I said, well, it's, maybe there's another one I should talk to because I like the story, the PEO story. And then Back then, I found the PEO in the yellow pages, if you can believe it or not. Uh, well, that's early <laughs> It was called the Varsity Group. It was founded by a guy named David Avakian. It was one of the first PEOs in the country. He started in 1990. Uh, in 2004, I bought that company. So, um, and uh, have owned and operated it ever since. Well, you've obviously been successful leading Simploy as you serve employees and clients in over 30 states. What is it about your leadership style that allowed an architect major at the University of Tennessee to lead and position Simploy into one of the top PEOs in the country? Tell us about that. Well, man. Sometimes I kind of feel like for me, it happened by accident, but as I look back on it, I can see things that I did that were good. I don't know if, you know, uh, exactly how uh, I came to some of the decisions I did uh, and some of them weren't that good decisions, to tell you the truth. But, you know, leadership, uh, it's such a general term, but to, to me, it's, uh, it's, not who you, it's not what you do, it's who you are. So I've always been that person able to deal with people and try to inspire people and try to be a blessing to people. And uh, that's a big part of leadership, which has helped me be successful. And I guess I've had that from the beginning. So Jay, you're an avid reader. I know one of your favorite authors is Admiral William H. McRaven. He's a Navy SEAL. Tell us about what drew you to him and what leadership lessons you gleaned from his influence on you. Well, uh, my son loaned me a book that he had written. I think it was my son. Um, and, and then my wife 
gave me the second book. I'm, I'm still reading it uh, by him, but um, I, I never, I, I used to have been very skeptical about the, the similarities between military leadership and business leadership. But when I read his books, it doesn't seem like it's much different, at least the things that really matter. Uh, one of the things that stuck with me that, uh, that he said was, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, when you're in command, take command. Uh, that might've been exactly what he said, but I, I've, I've learned that uh, at some point, somebody's just got to step up and it's got to be the leader, but uh, you have to know when to step up and then you have to step up. If you're in charge, you have to do it. Uh, but there's a lot of tricks to that trade too. Yeah, no doubt. Well, obviously reading influences you and influence is something that uh, all great leaders um, have some kind of impact on. And there's, there's really three forms of influence. It's, it's how we're influenced, right? And it might even start very early in life. It's how we influence others. And it's how we also influence ourselves. Jay, tell us, tell us something about your influencers, uh, maybe early in your life. Maybe it was a coach, teacher, a, a parent, a, a family friend. Talk to us about who influenced you over your life. Well, you know, my primary influencers have been my dad and my son. Um, it, I guess it's strange to say that you can be influenced by your son uh, in a leadership way, but he really has. He's influenced me. He's he's my hero. He's just the kind of person I'd want to be at his age. Uh, but enough about him. My dad was my my first uh, real mentor and example of leadership and affected me. Still affects me. I still remember things that daddy told me. I'm from the South, so he's daddy, and my mother was mother. Uh, it's a little different in most places, but um he he was a uh, uh he'd actually been a, a night fighter in the second world war uh a, a hero really shot anyway he he did a lot of really cool things uh if the things you do in war can be considered cool i came home and started a business uh in a little town you know building materials business and uh, but just watching him uh, the way he led his company or led the family a little more conservative than we do today, but it had a big influence on me. He was a, uh, he was a pretty cool guy. Jay, would you say that, um, because I've, I've heard you talk about your son before and we won't talk a whole lot about that because, uh, it's, it's kind of an emotional topic. Um, I know your son Carson, great young man, and I can see how you can, can certainly look look up to him. But um, as you think about the influencers in your life, how has that kind of shaped you now to be an influencer of others, and specifically an influencer in your organization? Well, uh, I, you know, I just remember how people influenced me in my life. Uh, as I was growing up or, you know, in, in business, uh, in school, uh, having my own business, I, I just think about what are the things that were most impactful on me that people did and influenced me and how did that go? And it, um, and, and it's, it's pretty much the same for everybody. Nobody wants to be bullied. Nobody wants to be pushed around. 
integrated. Everybody wants to be given the opportunity to really get some uh, into what they're doing. Uh, you you want to encourage people. Those are the things that um, that I noticed uh, motivated me or, or allowed me to get motivated. Uh, so I just tried to emulate those and and imitate the people that had treated me that way. Plenty of people, and we've all had them treat you differently. Teachers, business associates, some of them are just in it for money. Teachers sometimes just want to lord over you. I didn't get along with a lot of teachers, but I got along with a few and those are the ones that knew how to do it. And I've, I've just tried to be like them. So now we're at the point in the show, Jay, where we get to know Jay King a little bit. All right. So I'm going to ask a question or I'm going to ask you to pick between two things. All right. So there's no points awarded, no prizes earned. Are you ready for this? Sure. All right, let's go. All right. You and Thomas Jefferson, which is, the third president of the United States have something in common. What is it? Well, one of our names starts with the letter J. <laughs> well, start. Both. Well, well, he, you know, he, I don't, when I think about Thomas Jefferson, he was the president, of course, but the greatest thing he ever did was, you know, help to create the democracy hmm. and lay the ground rules and, you know, help write the constitution. So, uh, that that's uh that took a real sense of service uh a real servant leadership type for him and uh i, I think service is uh, being a servant's really important too so uh, you know not to toot my horn but i feel like I, i'm liking that way yeah we're we're going to talk about servant leadership in a minute but here's the other thing that you two have in common you, What's are, that? Both, you are both educated architects oh, that's right he was an architect was an architect. All right, Frank Lloyd Wright or Luis Henry Sullivan? Frank Lloyd Wright. There you go. The Brooklyn Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge? Brooklyn Bridge. The Empire State Building or what is now the Willis Tower, what used to be the Sears Tower in Chicago? Oh man, I'm gonna to have to go with Sears Tower. Okay. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park or Graceland? Oh man. Uh, they're they're on each end of where the state I grew up in. Graceland's in Memphis, and the Smoky Mountains are in East Tennessee. Uh, I I don't want to feel like I'm gonna betray Elvis, but the Smoky Mountains are a lot grander than uh, Graceland's. Kind of a small place. Once you get there, it's surprisingly small, but Smoky Mountains are big, so I'll go with the mountains. Tennessee has two recognized state birds. Not every state has two birds. What are those birds? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to guess it's not the jaybird. No. <laughs> Although uh, it's, it's I, you know, I used to know that, but I thought we just had one. I can't remember no, what no, it is. I, I, I did my due diligent research and I found that Tennessee has two state birds, the mockingbird and the bobwhite quail. Well, you know, mockingbird came to mind, but that doesn't seem like a very good state bird to me. I don't like mockingbirds, but uh, I remember that one. And then the bobwhite. Okay. Yeah. No jaybirds though. There you go. All right. 
Who is the all-time greatest Tennessee volunteer football player? Oh, it has to be Mr. Manning. Yeah, over Reggie White? Yeah. Okay, I, I respect that. All right, Nashville hot chicken or Memphis barbecue? Hot chicken. Oh, yeah, I would have predicted you would have gone with well, the I like barbecue, but I can get that pretty easy. It's hard to find that hot chicken around okay. here. All right, I've heard it's it's amazing. It's All right. hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Thus, hot chicken. All right. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, I think Saving Private Ryan is my favorite movie. That is a good one. Love Tom Hanks. All right. What's the most recent book you've read or reading currently? Uh, the most recent is... Um, Thinking the Future. Uh, it's it's actually by two people, a guy named Sunter and Il, Ilberry. Uh, I'm reading that now. So what's your dream foursome? You and three other people, living or dead, fill out your foursome. Well, Carson's on it. There you go. Uh, and then uh, I probably let him pick the two, but uh, no, not on. He's not on what leaders want. This is your foursome. Uh, well, I've, I've got to think about it because a few names come to mind. Of course, Tiger and Jack, and and then Nicholson, and you know, go way back. I'm going. Now are they? Can they be young as long as I'm fantasizing? Yeah they, yeah, they can be young. They can be old. They can be alive. They can be dead. All right. I would take uh, then Jack Nicholson and Tiger Woods in their uh, mid-30s. Oh. Oh, that would be a good match. Nicholas versus Woods in their 30s. Well, I'd like to see. That's a made-for-TV right there. All right, Jay. Back to the ranch, no prizes awarded, you know, no modern. sorry to disappoint you there. So every conversation I have on what leaders want will include the topic, what is my most impactful leadership moment? Tell us about that moment for you. Uh, that moment actually involved my dad. Um, like I said, he had a business selling building materials, making concrete blocks, had a concrete plant. It was hardware. You needed something to build with. You could go in there and you could get it. But, uh, and I, I, one, when I was in high school one day and it was in the summer cause I worked summers, we came in one day and the, and the main office had burned down, uh, with a lot of stuff in it. And, uh, that's where we conducted business. That's where we stored a lot of stuff. And I, I looked, you know, I was, it scared me when I saw what had happened. I didn't know what was going to happen, what we were going to do. I was alarmed. And, but uh, Daddy, uh, who was generally, a, usually a pretty reserved person, seemed to move slow, you know, thoughtful, ponder things. 
well, he just jumped into action uh, and did everything that was necessary to keep the business going, figured it out. You know, we had another building, he cleaned out the lumber out of there. We set up an office, he put, and, and he just, I was amazed at, at how he, you know, jumped into a leadership role so easily. Of course, I'm not surprised now, but that's the first time I've ever really experienced that I can remember real leadership in action. It reinforced my my opinion about my dad and it and it reinforced what I said a while ago that if if you're in command, you have to take command. Daddy did that and it impressed me. And again, he, yeah, he was one of your influencers. So let's let's kind of stay with that leadership theme. You you mentioned servant leadership um as we were getting to to know you um share with our audience about this idea of servant leadership and how it applies to you and and how you lead simploy um it it's not it's not real complicated I, it, one one year it got articulated to me in a way that you know confirmed I guess what I knew already, but it, it was Thanksgiving and we the office probably had 10 people in it then or nine. And so we all got together and, you know, uh, talked about Thanksgiving for a few minutes that it was actually Wednesday before Thanksgiving and everybody was thankful to be there, thankful and thanking me. And I, I at that point it occurred to me, I said, I need to thank them. They were thanking me for having a job and having some place to work, but I got to thank them. They're the ones that make this work. So it's my job to serve them. Um, and, and I guess it, it, it goes both ways, but it, we, we definitely have to serve each other. And, and that's, uh, it just seems to me that, uh, that's a much more peaceful and more effective and it, and it, it you know, it matches the way most of the people I, I know think. So Jay, how do you teach or how do you coach to servant leadership? Because um, you and I have had some pretty deep conversations about that. Um, and servant leaders to me are the most impactful leaders because it, it to you, uh, you know, the, the short time that you and I have known each other, I gather that you get more joy out of other people's success than your own. How do, how do you coach to that? How do you teach that? How do you hope that those that you lead will pay attention and therefore lead from their perspective? Uh, there's a couple of ways. Uh, you know, first you have to lead by example. You have to be a role model for for the team. You have to demonstrate that the same values and behaviors that, that, that you expect from others. You have to be living examples of the company's mission and the ethics and the integrity. And, but, but before that or concurrent with that, you have to be, you have to tell people, you have to show people, you have to identify, you, you have to articulate and what is the company? What are we here for? What are we doing? Um, and you know, we, we call it a mission statement. We're going through EOS traction now. So we've done some exercises that have helped us to memorialize things, but, uh, our, our mission, our core value is, is to, is 
you know, to help people, yeah. to improve their life, to enrich their lives. And, and that's, you know, if we interview based on that stuff and if people, I don't know if I have to lead it. It's just, I just, I, it's more like finding people that can operate that way because once you figure that out, you don't want to change. Jay, many industries have national associations that provide a voice and advocacy for their members. I know you're a big fan of, of your national advocacy, NAPIO. Talk about your passion and commitment with NAPIO and, and what that relationship means to, to you and Simploy. Uh, it's interesting because I was a NAPIO holdout for a while. I, I was a member of another organization called PACE that's still around, uh, but we were at one point the, the anti-NAPIO. Maybe that's not fair to say. <laughs> but uh, but you know I when Pat Cleary came into Napio uh, things seemed to my impression the organization changed and then he actually called me uh, uh, one day and I was a little humbled by it. it we're not a real big PEO we're average uh, we rank pretty high but uh, a real big potatoes compared to some of those folks in Napio but but he called me and I. I talked to him about what my concerns were and he had good thoughtful answers and he had understanding. And uh, so Pat's the one that sold me on Napio, but, but man, I should have joined a lot sooner because there's so much stuff there that's good for the way we want to do business. And, and so many other people I know that are in the business and serve the business. Napio's a, a, a really big asset. Uh, I, I, I don't pay as much attention to the political things they encourage and but i understand that's a that's that's just enormous for our industry but they support us in a lot of other ways too with you know research and resources and if i need to go to another state they've got the resources to figure out how my peo can get in that state and help us and they've always helped with everything and the they, they give a fabulous uh yearly conference too it's uh it's just getting better every year uh, made a lot of people there. It, it helps our business, helps us make more money, helps us save money, helps us do things better. Man, I should get paid for that. I'm going to send Pat a bill. Yeah, we need to send this to, to Pat, right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, Jay, if you were to sit down and have a discussion with Jay King in his 20s, what advice would you give him? Well, man, are we talking business advice or personal hey, advice? I just said advice. Uh, you know, I I would uh, I would say when you when you get comfortable trying to be a blessing for people, your life's going to be much better. So make that happen as soon as you can. Wow, you can apply that, Jay, you can apply that both to personal life and professional life, can't you? Sure, sure. I mean, you have to. It's, it's a, you know, my company has a mission statement, but I have a, the same mission statement personally. And, uh, I think that that's real helpful. Makes it a lot simpler for me going through life. I'm not always true to it, you know. 
I can't but, list all the stuff I've okay. done wrong. But uh, at least that's what I'm aspiring to. Right. And it, it's aspirational. And most of the time, we do a pretty good job of it. Around. Right. And, and you say you don't always accomplish that. And I appreciate you saying that because isn't it, it isn't a destination. Isn't it a journey? Well, yeah, I, that that's true. I mean, we're never going to actually be there. We're just trying to get there. And that's, um, I think if you ever thought you actually arrived, then uh, you'd be missing, you'd be missing the point entirely. Totally missing the boat. Jay, thanks for your time today and sharing your thoughts about leadership. I really enjoyed our time together. Friends, that's a wrap. We're going to put a bow on this episode of What Leaders Want. Until we meet again, remember, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you, my friends, are leaders. Bye now.